Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And here we have the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series, season one, episode 19, The Quilt of Hathor, created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams, written by Janet McLean, directed by Timothy Bond, original air date, May 2nd, 1988. And we're back with season one, episode 19, The Quilt of Hathor. And the cursed antique from Friday the 13th Wiki is a quilt that lets the owner kill others in their dreams. I usually like these kind of, I don't want to call it a period piece because it's to be modern day at the time, except that the people that, you know, they're living, you know, with no electricity and everything. Yeah. And I usually like these kind of things. This was kind of out there for me. It was a little different. Yeah. So the episode begins with Reverend Grange and his fiancée, Jane, in a carriage, talking about their upcoming wedding. And they're kissing. And Effie Stokes sees them. And there seems to be some animosity between her and the Reverend. And she tells him that his betrothed is just a child, and the Reverend becomes angry with her. Jane herself doesn't look very excited about the whole wedding situation. And the Reverend doesn't act all that reverendy to me. I guess I'm thinking about the Penalites or whatever they are, Pentatites, as like an Amish kind of situation, for lack of oh, a, okay. right, for lack of a better comparison. But the Reverend just wasn't what I expected. I mean, it was like gross. You know, I was like, please stop kissing that poor girl. But that's what they used to do all across the board. Yeah, but it just creeped me out. Usually in these kind of situations, like they they're not allowed to do anything before the wedding, you know, and just to see he was like mauling her. Yep. Okay, so it wasn't just me. It was gross. (laughs) Yep. I'm not even going to say the word, but yep. Then we find out Effie is the one who has the quilt. And she has a dream about dancing with the Reverend, but he leaves her to dance with Jane. And then she tells him it's time, and he throws Jane off the balcony. And then in real life, Jane falls out of bed and dies. At the store, a penitite woman, Sarah Good, visits the shop. She talks about the quilt, that she has this quilt. She was convinced it was evil, but now it's stolen. She was probably going to give it back to them because she sensed it was evil, but then she realized it was stolen. So Jack reads about the fact that the quilt came from Salem, and it had something to do with the occult. Sarah's from the penitite colony, Ryan. This is Sarah Good. Sarah, this is Ryan Dalian. Pleased to meet you. Pleasure. Sarah bought a quilt from Uncle Lewis. Ah, here it is. The Quilt of Hathor. Five-pointed stars, four-legged men. Aye, that's the one. Yes, it was sewn in the 1890s by Salem women who were following the occult. I knew the quilt was evil. She doesn't have it any longer. It was stolen. Since we are an extremely secret and closed order... It must have been stolen by another member of the set. I was glad to see it go. It, it uh, brought dreams and aroused feelings I never knew I had. Sarah, we must get it back. Now, in history, Sarah Good was one of the first three women to be accused of witchcraft in Salem during the witch trials. So Sarah is convinced that the quilt is evil, like we said. And she thinks, because their community is closed, that the only people that would have been able to steal it was somebody actually in their community. So Ryan and Mickey go undercover as Sarah's niece and nephew, Ryan and Michelle. Ryan falls for Laura, the reverend's daughter, almost immediately. But he finds out she's betrothed to Matthew, the carriage driver. And then we find out that all of their marriages are arranged, which is why I suppose Jane didn't look happy about marrying the reverend. I wouldn't have either. He was gross. Laura isn't thrilled with Matthew either. You could see that. 
And Ryan is always loses all common sense when it comes to trying to fit in and makes observations out loud to Mickey that anyone would know not to make. You know, she's saying, can you imagine having to marry somebody that you didn't? I'm surprised he didn't ask them why they didn't live together before they were married. Right. Didn't that come out earlier? Yes. One of the episodes? Yeah. Exactly. He has zero common sense. Zero. Well, maybe he learned from this one. <laughs> but he still turned to Mickey and said out loud, could you imagine having to marry somebody that you don't know? What if you don't love them? You know, mm-hmm. that's their way. He should know that. Don't make comments out loud to make yourself a spectacle. You know, you're supposed to be there undercover. Yeah, I'm not even saying anything on that one either. <laughs> so Ryan goes out to look around because he can't go to bed at seven o'clock. Everybody else has to go to bed at 7 o'clock. The believers go to bed at 7 o'clock. I don't know why Laura doesn't go to bed at 7 o'clock. Is she not a believer? I don't know what that means. Right. So he sees Laura go into the barn and he follows her. They sing and dance in the barn until Matthew attacks him. This guy just jumps out of nowhere all the time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got to be stalking her, right? But he's creepy, too, like the Reverend. Oh, I know. And what are you doing, just stalking? That's what I mean. He's got to be stalking her because he always just seems to jump out at any given moment. So Laura talks him out of killing Ryan because they serve the Lord, so it's okay to kill some guy. But now they have to have a, a hearing in front of the Reverend. Ryan has to go to, or I guess both of them have to go to a hearing because Laura's accused, too, I guess, sort of, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, during the hearing, Lord says she was singing a song that her mother used to sing to her. So, if music is forbidden, why is Laura singing the lullaby out loud at trial? The only thing was because of her father. I know, but see, that's the weird thing. If music is forbidden and she sings it out loud at trial, they should be putting her away right then and there. Right, but then he says about little by a mother to her child, even though it's forbidden, it's it's weird, girl, it's weird. I know, and it seemed like the father knew about the lullaby. So everybody's doing stuff that they're not supposed to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mickey jumps in to say that Ryan didn't know that dancing was wrong, which is true, I guess. And the reverend tells them that from now on, they must abide by their rules, and maybe somebody needs to give them all the rules so they could abide by them. Ryan has to stay away from his daughter. And the daughter doesn't look happy about that at all. So after the trial, the rest of the colony elders, or whatever they are, meet and seem to want to audit the books. So apparently they're questioning the reverend anyway. And the reverend's very defensive about that, and he tries to gaslight them into feeling ashamed that they'd even considered that there was anything wrong with the books. And then the next order of business is that, according to the law of their colony, he needs to have a wife, because the reverend's wife is second in power in the colony. And since his last fiancé died, they need to find him another wife. Mm -hmm. So Effie suggests someone closer to his age that will be respected and looked up to, meaning her. Mm -hmm. He agrees, but we already know better than that, because this guy's a creep. (laughs) (laughs) He agrees, but... He he agreed on the specifications. He didn't agree on the age. (laughs) And this guy's a creep. So we could have guessed he was going to choose another young woman. She didn't look that young, though, to me. I mean, she didn't. To me, she didn't look that young as the uh, as the first one. Like she didn't look like she was in her early twenties. I might be wrong, and maybe I just assumed. I thought they said somewhere along the line she was twenty-two. 
20 also, I mean, not 22 years old. Really? So yeah. People older than that. Yeah, so I could be totally wrong, and I could have just assumed it because he's gross and creepy. Oh, I thought she was older because I said, oh, at least he picked somebody closest. Not his age, but a little closer because I yeah. thought, like, she may have been in her 30s. It's possible. I might have just imagined that she was 20 because I just think he's gross. <laughs> yeah. he's still he's still gross yeah but i was thinking she was like in her 30s okay and he's like he looks like he's in his 50s but it's still close to 30s close to the 20 still gross but i thought she was a little bit older even when they were dancing it looked like she was older did it okay like mm-hmm. i said maybe it's just i assumed because he's gross uh, yeah so but of course you know effie seems to think he's gonna pick her so, again, like I said before, everybody seems to break these rules of this place. Laura's mother's saying to her, the Reverend seems to know that, Laura's mother's saying to her, Laura's singing in the barn. Effie has a mirror, which you've already heard is against the rules. And we do know that rule. Yep. And Matthew has a magazine. Did we see what kind of magazine it was? Yeah, it was a dirty magazine. Was it? I thought so, but I missed it, and then I, I just didn't rewind it to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's typical. Mickey and Ryan search the rooms, and Mickey finds the mirror in Effie's room. She catches her, and Effie threatens her. Mickey uses the excuse that she thought it was her aunt's room. Later, the Reverend announces Rebecca, the cook, as his next wife. Obviously, Effie is not happy. So Ryan, of course, goes back to the barn to talk to Laura into meeting him somewhere. Of course, they told him to stay away from her, and he's just going to make more trouble. And Matthew shows up again, and Ryan hides in the hay. So, of course, Matthew insists on helping her feed the horse and uses the pitchfork a few times to get hay from the hay pile that Ryan's hiding in. They finish feeding the horse and leave, and we see blood coming out of the hay pile. So, originally, I thought that he knew Ryan was in there. Yeah, I did, too. I'm still not sure he didn't. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Part of me believes that he knew he was in there. Yeah, Because he just shows up. I don't know. It's just weird how quickly he showed up again. Like we said earlier, if this guy's stalking her, then he knew Ryan was in there. Well, even I'm surprised. Why didn't Ryan just go back from where he came from? Right. (laughs) And that's the one thing I couldn't understand. Why would you hide in the hay pile when you could just slowly back away and go out where you came from? Right. So Effie gets her quilt out again and dreams about the same dance party or whatever it is. But in this dream, she poisons Rebecca's drink. And in real life, we see her choking in bed. I don't know if they ever said what actually killed her, but she dies. Uh, So Mickey finds Ryan bleeding in the barn. And she tries to talk some sense into him about Laura, but Ryan won't listen. So Ryan and Mickey know that the quilt is behind all of this stuff. Ryan thinks that someone hates the Reverend enough to kill his fiancés. These deaths aren't accidents. It has to be the damn quilt. Yeah, but who is it? Who's got it? If I knew that, Mickey, they were both engaged to Josiah. That's a, that, that's a link. Someone hates him enough to kill his fiancés. Or loves him. That really doesn't make sense. If you hate him, kill him. You don't kill his fiancés. So Mickey, of course, figures out and understands that it's most probably someone who loves him and is getting rid of the competition, which makes more sense. Right. So Ryan, of course, goes, I have to ask Laura. <laughs> 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 so he goes to find Laura And Laura brings up Effie right away. That's her first thought. So Ryan and Laura end up kissing again. And Matthew jumps in out of nowhere once again and is ready to kill Ryan with a rock. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. 
Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, talking about the new Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So these are holy people. Yep. Everybody's ready to kill everybody. But this time, the Reverend says they're going to settle this in the old way. And Laura says there's going to be a cleansing. And later we see Ryan and Matthew have to fight over a fire pit with the loser falling in. And this is how they cleanse. And this is okay. This is a new one for me. This is the first time I've ever seen anything like that. Oh my God, I know. It's barbaric. Mm-hmm. Um, so we already know Ryan doesn't want to hurt anyone. But we've also seen Matthew's willingness to kill people. So you know Ryan's going to have to defend himself or try to win the fight because this guy's going to kill him. So at one point Ryan almost falls in, but he's able to pull himself out with his stick. And then Matthew falls, but it looked like he fell out of the pit and not into the center. Did Ryan knock him off the thing, or did he knock him into the pit? I don't know. I couldn't understand that part either. Because I don't think we ever saw him again. But if We've he never fell seen in, anything. Right. If he fell into a fire pit, you'd assume there'd be screaming or something. Right. So I was kind of confused about whether he actually fell into the pit or Ryan made the decision to knock him off the pit so he didn't have to kill him. But then, does that mean he won? If Matthew's not dead in the fire pit? I have no clue. I don't get it. I didn't understand that at all. So, of course, again, Ryan heads straight for Laura while Sarah heads for Effie's room while Effie follows her. Effie catches her looking for the quilt. Sarah tells her she's looking for the quilt that was stolen from her. And then Mickey's freaked out about Ryan and his total infatuation with Laura and this whole lifestyle. Sarah tells her it's God's will. And this whole story is just making me laugh now. It's God's will. We haven't met an honest or unevil person there yet, with the exception of Laura. No, that's Sarah. True, yeah. I think that's the point of the whole episode, (laughs) that these people are all evil. They're all professing to follow God and do the right thing. And they're all, they're all, we're not going to get into it. (laughs) They're all full of crap. Oh, my God. And I don't know why Ryan would fall for this lifestyle. After meeting all these corrupt and evil people, unless he thinks they're only corrupt and evil because of the quilt, which is definitely not true. I think he falls for the, the uh, I never say the word right, simplicity yeah. of it. It's a slower pace and of part of the innocence of her, not more or less the whole group of what they may stand for, but it's. Uh, the purity in her, the simpleness in her. No, I see what you're saying, and I, uh, yeah, I agree with that. It's just, you know, he's surrounded by all these people, and even though the quilt's killing people and Effie's the one killing people, all these other people are not doing everything that they profess they're supposed to be doing. So Sarah tells Mickey that she's sure that Effie has the quilt. I don't think she actually saw it, but she, I think she got to the point where she knew that chest had a false bottom. I'm still trying to figure out, how did they not know there's a false bottom? Because I believe probably all of them got a false bottom. Right. But I think Sarah did know. I think she got to the point, but she never got to open it. Right. We didn't see her opening it, but it looked like she knew it was a false bottom and she was going to open it before Effie caught her. Then we move to the next scene where Effie's getting ready to dream with the quilt again. 
So she dreams of hitting Sarah on the head with a candlestick and then lighting her on fire, which is what happens to Sarah in real life. She knocks over a candle while having a nightmare. But, you know, in most of these olden time shows or or movies, people usually blow out their candles before going to bed. You know, just saying. Right. Tammy knew it was coming with the the curtain. And I thought we were going to see a fire much earlier than this. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, Mickey and Ryan tried to save Sarah, but she's already dead. So in the commotion, Mickey heads to Effie's room to grab the quilt. Effie struggles for it, but Mickey and Ryan get out with the quilt. Mickey packs to leave as the town's burying Sarah. Ryan tells her he's staying. Again, I'm going to say that the fact that he's in love with Laura after only two days is bizarre. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, and I know I watched the show, but I don't remember. I remember the characters. I don't remember any of those episodes except those two that I already said looked familiar. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if we're ever going to get some more backstory on Ryan. So we can understand just what makes him gravitate to anything resembling a family. You know, that's what seems right. like is going on here to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's as in love with Laura as he thinks he might be right. after two days. I think he gravitates to anything resembling a family. I mean, he was the first one to be all in at the store, too, you mm-hmm. know, and he created a family there. But now he wants to stay in this place. So other than what makes him gravitate towards anything resembling a family, I also want to know what it is in his life that also makes him abandon a family he's created for another at the drop of a hat. I'm just thinking there's something in his background. Right. It could be. But with her, what's it, Laura? Yeah. With her, then it could be more of a permanent family with his marriage and children. Yeah, I guess. Where at the store, it's not the same. It may be family, but it's not the family that he could create and uh, multiply the family. True. He sees her as more of a future, even though the store is a future, but it's a limited future. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping they give us some background because I'm thinking he was abandoned by a parent or something. I'm thinking that's why he just gravitates so quickly to anything that could be a family, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Mickey leaves and goes back to the store with the quilt. She tells Jack of Ryan's decision and Jack is confused about it as well, but he says he has to follow his own path. And then Jack tells Mickey about the dreaming curse. I I discovered this is the most marvelous fascinating curse you can dream whatever it is you want but your dream becomes someone else's nightmare (laughs) but he notices something and i couldn't see what was it burnt or ripped the blanket i don't i'm not sure what he noticed i kept on saying it was too easy if anything's too easy for you to get it ain't the real thing right somewhere along the line i don't know i was just like you've been doing this for a little while now so I don't understand why Mickey didn't pick up on that or even noticed or just, I, I don't know. There was just something that was missing because I'm going, it was too easy because I can keep, you, you know, somebody go, oh, then I don't take, oh, you talk about this quilt? You can't take it from me, a little tug of war and boom, you let it go. That just happens to be right out on my bed. Yeah. Right. You know, and I kept on saying, if you're looking for the quilt, why didn't you go at night while the person's sleeping? Because the quilt would be on the while they're sleeping. And that would be the perfect time to get the quilt while she's sleeping. Right. Right. And how you not know it's not the um, the one with the glasses, the plain one. We still ain't caught on to this one yet either. Exactly. I mean, the only one who thought anything about it was Laura. But it had to be presented to her, like, who would be jealous? Right. Yes. And my whole thing is, though, they've been doing this for a while now. So it's not like this is something new. Right. And if we look past, we see the plain Jane. 
or the plain guy or the nerd that's behind it. So you don't see this woman. You They see the look in her eyes. They see her expression, and you ain't got on to this yet. Which is why we have a part two, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. so, anyway, Jack decides to light it on fire, and they realize it's a fake. So I haven't watched the next episode, but I'm going to imagine Jack goes with Mickey. I don't think he's going to send her by herself. So we were supposed to do two this week, but we only did one. So we'll be back with part two of this episode next week. And I found zero warehouse connections in this episode. None of the actors or anything. Although the actor playing the Reverend, you know, he's been in a million things, but not warehouse. All right, so we'll be back shortly with part two. I think it's called The Quilt of Hathor, The Awakening. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have anything else on this one? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for part two. Okay. (laughs) We'll see you then. See you then. Bye. This is Doug reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, provided by Anton Kornienko, Pixabay user 147-98912, free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at the warehouse.